This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am unashamed. What about you? Good to be back. This this is, I guess, one of my ideas on what we should talk about today because I heard Al preach. When did you preach this? A couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was watching it online, and you, I think you were like 23 minutes into your sermon, and then the stream froze. So I didn't get the conclusion. You, you did a lesson on power couples. And when you think power couple, what's he talking about? In the husband-wife relationship, especially those who have both put their hope and trust in Jesus, it it's a it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful union for the Lord. I thought it was fantastic. And uh, Missy and I were were watching it, and she's like, "I can't believe." we can't see the end because we're just sitting there. It's just a frozen look. And I said, I will guarantee you that this had an, a, ha- a happy ending. <laughs> well, you know, so, I didn't know that. I, I didn't, I wasn't aware that it froze up, yeah. but that's like watching a movie and getting down to the climatic scene. And then all of a sudden the movie goes, I was freezing. That's up. what I, happened. Exactly. That, I, <laughs> There was a movie we were watching. What movie? Were you with us that night that we were we were at the movies? I think it was the first time we watched Star Wars. And we got to like 10 minutes before the end and the literal tape froze. Lights come on and then they say the tape roll or whatever broke. Of course, it was back in the Age and time where I actually think we had a role going now, which young people today are like, well, what is that? Kind of like a a phone mounted to the wall. People look at that like it's just so barbaric that you had to be trapped. And that's all I have. (laughs) That That says a lot about you, Phil. I never thought of myself as being barbaric. (laughs) But maybe a little dose from time to time. Phil, every time you're at your house and the phone rings and you get up and go over there and answer it, I laugh. You do? Yes. Well, especially I, you ought to laugh when I look down there and I said, I've never seen that number before. I don't. I don't. But you're still well, you living in a. I have about five numbers that I will respond to, but beyond that, no. Someone, you know, a lot of people, you know, this is so and so from, you know, you know, you know, Houston, Texas, and here's what they, I'm like, Bah. Well, it's so now. I'm, I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. No, you are. Them. Look, Phil, now you just think about how the world has changed. People will say, what is your phone number? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know my own phone number. Because it's, everything now is, is personable. It's a, it's a contact. You're, you, yeah. you know, no one's number. I was like, if you told me, what is your phone number? I have no idea. I'd have to look it up on my phone. I, I put, don't know what my phone number is. Well, you should know because you're still dealing in numbers. You're looking is. at numbers. Yeah. One, one of them is black. Well, don't be giving your phone number. Right, yeah. people, yeah. <laughs> it's like that time we were on that show. Talking about it is defeating it right in front of me. Phil, Phil gave his address at some morning show we were on, and people started showing up. Phil's oh, like, I don't know why these people are showing up. I was like, Well, you gave your address on a on a national show. Yeah, I know. It was Jimmy. It was that episode we were talking about the other day when y'all did the carrot thing with the guy that protested. He, he just said it. He's, he was just talking about down at the end of my road. He gave his address. And I remember Kimmel being so shocked that he gave his address out on television. Yeah. He was like, you just gave your address. Bill. The quest for fame for some, they, 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 they are bound and determined to, to be famous. And when it finally arrives, 
I'm sorry, but what little fame I have, but but I'm telling you, it can turn into a real big hassle. I don't want to be unkind to my neighbor, but I'm just yeah. saying fame is not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I'm, well, I, I well go, look, I go back to when we, day one, which we've shared this in all our speeches and on the road, and there was a moment where we heard the cinematographer for our show on day one of, of filming. Cause we filmed for duck dynasty, what five years, 130 yeah, episodes. And that when you factor in the year before the planning and I guess the year after, I mean, we're talking yeah. a seven year run on day one, the cinematographer who became one of our best friends and was the only person who stayed the entire series of the, of the crew that worked yeah. on the ground, a lovely guy. He uh, he whispered to another guy. He said, "It seems like such a sweet family. I hate what this TV show is going to do to them." And when I heard that, I thought, "You haven't met my family." <laughs> and and I wasn't saying that arrogantly, but this whole idea of what you did in your sermon, and, and you use couples that we're going to discuss in the Book of Acts, good and bad, right. is that. Our family is, is, in my opinion, made up of power couples built by God. I mean, when right. I look at you and Miss Kay and you and Lisa and me and my wife and I've Willie and Corey and Jep and Jessica, who am I leaving out here? I covered them. That's it. Yeah, these are, these are unions. I mean, my, I, I haven't, I've been courageous in, in saying that I married my wife well, let me rephrase that. She said yes, because I really didn't have a have a chance here. Based solely on my love for Jesus, you know, and her, but that that's what drew her because when you look at how we are relatable, we were like the couple. You showed a video in your sermon of one of my good friends, Chad Johnson, and his wife Debbie. And what's amazing all, they they remind Huh? We all invested deeply into Chad and Debbie. You know, oh, yeah. All of us did. And yeah. what's crazy is that when they shared their story through that video, well, it was real bumpy because yeah. they had nothing in, in common. They, they're a lot like Missy and I, where he's a rough and tumble outdoorsman, and you know she's this beautiful, classy woman. Yeah. And now, And when they were apart from Jesus... They both, you know, had their baggage that they were sharing for for the world. Right. And and all of a sudden, you know, as they grow closer to God, they they grow closer to each other and they put the time in, the dedication, the perseverance, and eventually they became outward focused together. My wife and I have, d have done the same thing because that's the ultimate way of overcoming your past and your baggage is through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit you become able to help others who's done the same, you know, mistakes you made. So we got right to the end where they had started the, this uh, transformation house thrift type store where they're helping literally hundreds of people get to know Jesus and escape their past. Then the, the tape stopped. <laughs> well, if you, if you try to reach millions <clears throat> in our case, billions, Probably along the way, if that becomes a reality, people are going to know that's what you're on the earth for. Yeah. I, I will say this about y'all's mother. She told me this about, oh, no, a couple of months ago. I was sitting there and she was talking. She said, she said, the first time I saw you, and she told me, she said, you were walking along with Ronnie Festervan and, and y'all were laughing at something y'all kind of laughed when you were walking, but she said, when I watched you walk by the first time I saw you, she said, that is the one I want to be married to that one right there. I said, are you kidding? She said, when I saw you walk by the first time I saw you, she said, I said to myself, I want that man right there. That's the one I want to marry. <laughs> I'm like, good night, Miss Kay. I said, I didn't realize that. She said, from the first moment I saw you. 
And so about, I thought, well, good night. That's quite the story right there. A couple uh, of years into that, she probably thought, what was I thinking? Yeah, that <laughs> plus the girl that lined up the first time I ever even looked at her. We've got a pretty big high school here, 100, 125 seniors probably, and, you know, about that many right on. And she was a year younger than I was, so I hadn't even noticed the girl. But then months went by, a year went by, and then the some girl came up and said, uh, Kay Carraway wants to walk you off the football field. I'm like, who? She said, Kay Carraway. I said, I said eh, yeah, I think I know her. And she told me, you know, she's from Ida. And I said, one of the cheerleaders. I said, yeah, I know her. I said, yeah, tell her if I, that's good. To, that's good. Uh, no problem. So your first date was a walk off the football field? Walk off the football field. In other words, from the time she said, I'm going to marry that man, about a, six months goes by, football season, all this. Mm-hmm. Then she makes the move saying, tell him I want to walk him off the football field. So she's moving on. She says, I want him to be my man. Yeah. So, But I don't know that. I mean, I didn't know. I didn't see her and say, I got to have that woman right there. No. Yeah. But, you know what? But she walks me off the that. field, you know, and. And the rest is history. It's interesting. I didn't know. It I is. Didn't, I didn't it, know that was your first encounter. So I'm for glad. all the audience, that's the way that that little coming together came. Because Lisa and I were the exact same. I was in the eighth grade at Pinecrest. I was new because we had just left OCS. You quit teaching. You started the company. I was in eighth grade. Jace was probably about the second or third grade. And you know, a new kid in a small school, you kind of become the it factor because you're new. You know, because they all been going there for eight years. So I roll in, you know, Rico Suave. And so, you know, I kind of took the place by storm. I was Mr. Pinecrest. I was a big deal. And y'all basically, you're, you're what, 13 you're a, years old, 12, Were 13? you a legend in, in your own mind in the eighth grade? Yeah, I was. No doubt about it. Uh, I was about 12, Dad. And so <laughs> Lisa is there. She's in the sixth grade. It's, she's, she'll tell you this. She was on podcast. She's As soon as she saw me, she was like, that's the man I want to be with. Exact same thing. Well, my well, here's mine. I did. We didn't. I was we didn't. We say, didn't plan to do this. Back up but, on this right now. Since we're talking about, I never viewed us. I never heard the term ever until you just said it. That he gave a sermon on power couples. Oh, that's I've why never, I said, Al, I, we must do this for the podcast. I've never thought of myself and Miss K as power couples. You're a God-powered couple. Yeah, God has turned you into. I never a thought power about couple. that, Al. And you're my son. I gave a sermon on it, but I never thought about it. Well, the, the foundation was Priscilla and Aquila, which I don't want to step. I want you to give your lesson, or we can talk about it. But I did want to share my experience. Mine was a little different. I've shared it before. It's a little bit in the strange and supernatural category. But we visit. Well, huh? you, I'm so shocked. You would be in the strange category because well, you're I'll on the you, strange. I'll, y'all are giving your first encounters with with your power couple mate, and I'm going to give you mine. This is well, it, it is you, interesting. You tell me what you think of what I'm fixing. It to is tell interesting you. that each of us, from Jephthah the youngest, then Willie and Corey, and then uh, you and Miss Missy, and then Al and Lisa. It is interesting that one thing for sure. They're still all together. Well, I, I think it comes from what Matthew 19. Now that's through what, the sinful what, years, what through the God, struggling years. What God has joined together, let not man separate. We say that at marriages, but I believe that. Yeah, when do. I say what God has joined together, I believe they are power couples. I believe yeah. one of the foundations of of life-giving churches in our world are these power couples. You can call them elders. You know, we tend to distinguish the man as the elder and his wife as the elder's wife. But in my opinion, we should look at them as power couples. But to share my encounter. Let's take a break for you. You know, there's a lot of, uh, things that stress people out these days. I mean, you got a pandemic, you got, you know, a new president, you got all these things that people get upset about. One of the things we don't want you to get upset about is male pattern baldness. Uh, We talk about our hair quite a bit on this podcast because one of our long term sponsors is a company called Keeps. 
and they're all about you keeping your hair. Uh, they can't do anything about it once it's gone. Um, but you know, if you're starting to lose your hair and you want to hang on to it, you might want to check these folks out. Uh, basically you go to their website, which is keeps.com is K E E P S.com. They're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, you're going to send them a few pics of your hair, uh, see where it's thin and out. Basically, they're going to have a doctor that's going to review your info, and it's going to recommend exactly what you need. So it's safe. Uh, you don't have to go get it. You can get it right out of your house from your couch. That's K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash door, and you're going to get 50% off your first order for your hair loss treatment. So it's keeps.com slash door, and hang on to your hair. We visited the church where... Basically, we were were raised in our faith. Oh, I think we started going there in West Monroe when, when I was maybe a junior or senior in high school. But I visited there with your sister Jan, who's gone on to be with the Lord, who was who helped aid you coming to the Lord. Well, she taught the fourth grade at a Christian school, and when we visited the church, there was a fourth grader that came walking down the aisle. Her name was Missy West, which would be my future wife. And Aunt Jan, I was sitting right beside her. She's as the fourth grader walked by, I'm in the sixth grade. I'm visiting church. A fourth grader walks by. She said, that is the girl that you're going to marry. She <laughs> said that. That's what she said. I looked at her because, you know, we, we've had a history in our family of uh, insane characters. How about that? I'm not saying insanity. I would say. Some of the characters have. Maybe a little weird, but not insane. But I it, thought that was insane. I might have Phil. been into the insane league for, at one time. For, for a woman to look at one of her students, she said, I teach that girl. That's. Now, she might have planted that seed in my She's head. She's a city dweller. Because the world not. would look at this and backwards. They'd say, well, she planted the seed in your brain to pursue this woman when you were in the sixth grade. Because I looked at her like, you're insane when she said that. Well, that same woman evidently might have been a prophetess because she, you know, uh, that same woman, my sister, Jan, that predicted your marriage, yeah. told the guy who converted me, you convert him, and he'll convert thousands. And, well, and there they, you go. He said, do you think so? And she said, no doubt about it. So now, look, we come back. I leave. I forget that encounter. Years go by. You, y'all start a church out here in the woods. And so we meet there for years. We get We constantly had problems with the legalistic tendencies of the church leadership at that church, remember? Don't know and, that. But now yep. we converted many to Jesus, and along the way, everybody's come to the Lord at that point. We go back to that church where I met, the had the encounter. Now we're years the later. Walk by. I forgot about all this. I start dating. Now she's a grown woman. It, yeah. Well, yeah. Teen- I mean, teenager, 16. Teenager, grown woman. And so I'm dating the preacher's daughter. We had a series of unfortunate events that led to our breakup. This girl, Missy, was friends with that girl. And we, in a in a immature moment, we decided to go out on a, on a date. Now make- that it's over between you and the other girl, yeah, yeah. I'm stepping in where you're stepping out. I, I, I'm stepping in, and we're going to go out and make this girl jealous because she did me wrong. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's just, just for fun. Yeah. And, uh, so we did. And through that, we, we start our relationship. So about a year into this, I see your sister, my aunt Jan, and she says, I told you. I said, you told me what? She's like, I told you you were going to marry that girl. And then a chill came came (laughs) over my body. And I thought, I remember in the sixth yeah. grade, looking at her saying, you're crazy. And now this is actually happening. And it did. <laughs> and Jace, and you're the one who's uh, saying whether people believe in miracles or not. I well, I could have said it's a miracle. But I thought I've always thought about Aunt Jan as being really close to God and yep. kind of crazy 
to go back to that verse in Corinthians where Paul said, if I'm out of my mind, it's for the sake of Christ. And she, she was always a bit out of her mind in a godly way. And so look, I'm not trying to say we should go out there and start predicting what's going to happen. I I just told you, I don't know how you want to characterize that event, but that happened. There it is. Do with it what you want. I don't know if I've ever heard that before, but that is that is amazing that that I've started never out, heard that were, story. Al, I wrote a book. If you'd have read it, that part is in there. Middle, it, huh? middle school. You were in elementary school. No, I was in basic. sixth grade. Sixth grade. She well, was. In, she was in the. She was in the fourth. Yeah, I'm. I'm two years older than oh, she. Man, it got younger and younger, and it seemed like there was some providence of God that we were we found the people, or they found us very early that it was going to happen. What's interesting is, so dad and I, uh, we had mom and Lisa on the podcast, Jay's one time when you were gone and we talked about our marriages and how similar they were in the sense that we connected early, but then we had a lot of struggles in the first few years. It was about the same amount of time. I mean, it was right around the, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 to 12 year mark of our marriages when we finally got things lined out. And and we talked all about that. Because I was was a heathen until I was 28. So just think about it. The odds were right. against us if you're going to live that way. but it, Well, and then obviously mom had a deep commitment. And then when she found Christ, that eventually, between her and Jan and, and Bill Smith we talked about, eventually led you to Christ, which changed everything. Same yeah. thing with Lisa and I. She never had a clear understanding. She was infatuated with me. The problem was she had me on the pedestal of where Christ should be. Mm-hmm. And so cause she kind of came into our family. She tells the story that she said dad told me that you either convert them or cull them, you know, that's when you're picking a, picking a woman. And so she said, I didn't want to get culled, but she never really converted either. And All so right. she just kind of played along for a few years until she finally got lined out. So you were mentioning, Jace, that it's not easy in marriage. In fact, I was talking to Missy. We're going to have, she's going to be on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, no. Here oh, we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, well, y'all didn't tell gonna, me uh, that. <laughs> well, it's about at this time when you're speaking of power couples. We just need to remember, uh, to this day, Miss Kay now, all she does every week, it's all written down on her calendar. She's getting it all together every week, every week. And that means day and night. In other words, she has couples that she has people that have been divorced multiple times. Uh, that are living together who are not married. She's dealing with what? What about all the couples out there, Al, who the struggles have mounted on them, and they made some poor choices, and it didn't work out there. It didn't work out the next time. It didn't work out. So, 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 how does that factor into all this? Because we don't want to be come across like we got it and you don't. Ha ha. Whatever. We we need to so so. Well, that's a point, the Phil. Listeners. There, there's a there's a risk that we're like bragging about our marriage, right. but the point is, if you give God all the credit for this, which we all do, which I go right. back to that statement the cinematographer made, he didn't realize that these things were built, and I say these things, our marriages were built not only to last, but to be forever. The initial meeting with before we knew who the film crew was going to be, when the big dogs from A&E showed up in our living room, they flew down and presented the potential television show. Nobody knew what the name of it was. We didn't have a name for it. They said, we want to film y'all, you know, a reality show. I remember that after they walked out, my y'all were my sons and daughters and daughter-in-laws, and somebody mm-hmm. said, Dad... They looked over at me and they said, I held up my Bible. I said, Does this is this part of the TV show? Mm-hmm. I did that with the A&E big dogs. I, I held my Bible up. I said, well, if y'all going to film us, uh, a bunch of rednecks shooting ducks, I said, I don't think that's going to work. Well, right. I said, but so is this in here? And I held up my Bible and they said, however y'all live, that's what we're going to film. Well, as it turned out, your your buddy was thinking, when we get done with them, 
they won't even have any faith in God. Oh, that's right. Because that's what so happens. So I said, with... if God is behind, they said, Dad, do you think it'll work? I said, I don't think it'll work. I said, however, I said, if God is behind it, it'll go ballistic. That yeah. was my comment. Well, I I Googled before we did this power couples. And, you, of course, you know what the world says. All the lists that I looked at were people with money, yep. fame, and basically had married individuals who were also famous or rich. So that's what they deemed a power couple was two famous people getting married. Right. I, I found zero list and no one who was on the list who, who had people that had put their faith and trust in the almighty and turned their marriage into a vehicle to help the world be a better place. And I mean, I surely thought, you know, Tim Tebow and his new wife would make a list. I mean, every I met that couple, they're doing the same types of things that my wife and I talk about. When you look at what we do individually, you know, I look at my wife, she's had, uh, you know, a business where she helped women, who were the victims of sex trafficking at starting at an early age. Basically their parents were pimping them out for money due to drug addictions and all this, trying to give them a sense of worth later on life and responsibility to have a job, you know, all in the vein of in Jesus transformations happen. Kind of like the, the story you shared Al, with Chad and Debbie, they're doing the same thing with helping those types of people. Uh, she's helped thousands of people through the Mia Moo and, and helping kids with craniofacial, you know, issues from year in, year out, having the women's groups in every, you know, neighborhood that she's been in of discipling young women. And you look, you know, me doing events and sharing Jesus, and then us as couples coming together you know, having training, doing all this from sharing Jesus. When I look at all the activities going on, you would think that those types of couples would make a list somewhere out there in Google land. But I saw zero. All I saw was fame and fortune. And, and you know what I found intriguing is a lot of the power couples on the list were on it more than once because they got divorced after they were a power couple and then married someone else famous and then became a power couple. And I'm like, what kind of power are they presenting? <laughs> so, uh, Dad, one of the things that you always say is that uh, the biggest improvement in our lives since we got famous was the menu. And I think that's probably true. Um, you know, it's ribeye now instead of sirloin business uh, and not coach unless you have to. Uh, and the same thing with underwear. <clears throat> I know we, it's kind of funny that we talk about underwear on this podcast, but one of our uh, sponsors, I have been a Tommy John fanatic uh, for way before we started. They started advertising on our podcast. It's a, it's just a great underwear. They don't ride up on you. Jay swears them now. He swears by them as well. Um, over 13 million pairs have been sold. That tells you how good they are. There's a no wedgie guarantee, uh, which I love as well. Uh, right now, here's what you do. You go to TommyJohn.com slash Phil. TommyJohn.com slash Phil. Uh, return exchanges are free. Uh, you get 20% off your first order uh, just because you heard it on the podcast. You are going to love these underwear. TommyJohn.com slash Phil. It's worthy well, of you... note. It's worthy of note. Just this last week. Uh, one of the girls that Kay works with, OD'd, oh, and she's 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 gone. I mean, uh, and and this has repeated itself. And there's been suicides. It's been mm-hmm. ODs. I mean, you know, they're dying of drug. But that's going on between these couples that Kay works with, Miss Kay works with. Mm-hmm. I only talk with the men. If they will come and sit down, which a lot of times very difficult, they say, if I could get my husband to come down there, the one I'm sleeping with, what? And they we're trying to patch up the the remnants 
of what's left of a very sinful life, either on one of them's part or both of them, and then the children get involved. I mean, it is a job. Yeah. Your mother, she works with them every week. She sits down with them. They phone calls at night and they're in trouble and they run out of money and this, but it just goes on and on. Al, you see what I'm saying? Well, that's, that becomes the key <clears throat> is what, what you're doing something larger than yourself. And Jace is right. Uh, I found this definition on the internet, which, you know, I don't know who, who put stuff on there, but it says a power couple is created when two powerful people, people who care about succeeding in their respective careers. So see, it's about money and status come together in a relationship and manage to empower one another instead of dragging one another down, which I thought, well, that, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you I, know, I like Father, that part. When you see the successes that come out of there, granted, the percentages are not, are, are not good. But the bottom line is for every couple that comes out of that, their past and their struggles and all that, everyone that comes over, it, uh, you know, I start thinking of, it comes to my mind, Chad Johnson and his woman. I mean, you know, the way they finally ended up together, there was a lot of, uh, what's the word, a lot of chaos with, with oh, yeah. within both of them and their marriages, but they ended up. Um, an amazing couple. Well, we need to redefine power couple. And that's what I brought up the, what God has joined together. I believe that God's power is what unifies. Al, you did a mathematical equation in your sermon. Tell us about that. I think that should be the definition. A big part of being a power couple is public perception. And I thought, you know, whoever wrote that definition then comes back with this super shallow idea that you don't really have to be empowered, but if people think you are, then you're a power couple. And that's why it's so shallow. I mean, you well, know, isn't that public- what happened in Acts 5? Ananias and Sapphira, they, they wanted a public perception of right. we're a power couple. We're, we're selling fields, giving money. We're helping people. It was all based on a lie. And based on what happened, the power couple became... Boy, they became a power couple, couple all right. to the church. Everybody was fearful because they said, don't do that. God does not like that kind of power couple based on fame and misuse of fortune. Yeah, which, which proves that the power of any couple out when you get done at the end of the day is God himself. Right. Working so in their lives. What- Here's where I went to with that. So I went to Solomon's words in Ecclesiastes 4. Because Solomon, let's face it, I mean, the Bible says he was the wisest man that ever lived, but he also had a thousand wives. Which doesn't seem very wise. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, what part of you says, well, yeah, I guess he'd be an expert on marriage. He had a thousand wives. But at the same time, he had so many problems. He wrote Ecclesiastes, which he was so depressed. You know, and, and can you imagine? We, we're married to one woman. I can't imagine trying to keep. A I would hate that. to oversee a thousand head. <laughs> <laughs> After living so with I, just one, I'm like, whoa! Of course, she so should feel the, the word, same way. So about the words he he says here, which could be for any relationship. But you think about these compare. If you thought about them in terms of marriage, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. That was the first thing he said. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. If two lie down together, they will keep warm. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then he says this amazing phrase at the end, which is what I zeroed in on. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so <clears throat> I went back to my math, uh, you know, all the great learning I did in math, which I hated in school. And this concept of synergy came up. It's a business term, basically, which is if you can get together with another organization or business, sometimes together you can create something bigger than you could do on your own. I think Mm -hmm. the the vaccine is a perfect uh, example of that. You had these companies coming together and creating something greater than any one of them could have done on their own. This is the concept of synergy. And so I, I think that's what happens in a marriage relationship. I mean, God has us, we're individual and we love him, but when you when you merge those two and then you see something more powerful, you get more return. That was the idea. So so yeah. what I said was, is, is um, 
one times one equals one, right? Basic math. But yep. if you're one times one, you don't create anything new. And I, I, I use the example that if you're times is, you know, the idea of being against, if you're, if you're working against one another in a spiritual way, then you're not going to create something greater for the almighty. You may just stay the same. You may just be mediocre. Nor you may the not culture, nor the culture well, that you, you live in. You won't help the culture either. Well, don't you think if you were, if you were focused on created things, which you think most marriages, what causes the problems are over arguments over things of the creation instead of what can the creator use us to do? I mean, you right. think what what what's the number one thing people argue about? Money, which I keep going yeah. to Ananias and Sapphira. They over the idea of money and how they were publicly portrayed. They exchanged their their character, and they were not people trying to use their marriage as a way to help other people find their role with God. It was the exact opposite. Where when you look at Priscilla and Aquila, they were consorting with character because they had surrendered to God, number one, and then surrendered to each other. Instead of saying, well, I'm not getting anything out of this relationship, it's the idea of, well, what can I do for you to help the overall objective in reaching people? Would you agree? I would. So let's take another break. So one times one is one. It stays the same. It's mediocre. Right. It doesn't accomplish it. One plus one is two. Now that's we're working together. You know, we're two, and that's great. Maybe we accomplish some things, maybe we don't. But one plus one equals three. This was my big math find, is what he finishes with when he says a strand of three is not easily broken. If we put the Almighty, the creator of the universe, as our power source. And we're one plus one equals three. And according to what he says here, you you don't break that. It's not easily broken. And it isn't. I mean, because mm-hmm. once God charged and we, <clears throat> we've been talking about the Johnsons, you know, both I, I walked with them and you guys did too. Through t- they both divorced. I mean, Chad became a Christian. He, his wife were separated. And he, once he became a Christian, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to bring her in. He loved her. Well, she winds up, you know, having a child with another man and marries him. And he was devastated because he was like, I can't now I'm divorced. I can't fix that. And I, and I so we walked with him through that early process. Debbie went through a divorce as well. When they married, it was it was oil and water. I mean, you talk about a couple that did not. And you described it, Jace. Uh, they did not get along. They were so different. They fought the whole time. They were the first couple we've ever had at our marriage retreat that left in the middle of the night on the first night. Like we were looking around. <laughs> we were like, Where's Chad and Debbie? And somebody said, I don't know. I saw them last night. So I I, I called Chad. I said, hey, where are y'all at? We're, we're, y'all somewhere on the property? No, we went home. We got in a big fight and went home. And and so, you know, we laugh about it now. But what saved their marriage, literally, what saved their marriage was when they both got on the same page to serve God. And, and which since would, that point in time, Which was using your math analogy, it doesn't work out until the three, you, your woman, and God, when they become one, then you're on your way. That's the chord you can't a lot lot stouter. You know it's amazing how you brought up that marriage retreat. The first time I went to that marriage retreat, we had our first session. You know what they they do it like a night, then the next day I forgot exactly all the timing, but so we we that night we were all together, all the married couples, and we're talking about how we can have these power couples. They weren't using that phrase, but you know, in, in Christ. So it was funny, it was good, it was educational. So we go back to the room. Well, on the way to the room, another couple that we were we knew, we knew them. They're like, Can we talk to y'all? Sure. So we come in there, well, all heck break loose because they're really struggling in their marriage. Yep. So, and I wanted to bring this up because you talk about counseling with people. I'm not a counselor at all, but I have the counselor, the Holy Spirit. I have the word of God. I'm in Jesus and I have their best interest at hand. So it, it's not like I have always feel inadequate when people are like, well, 
what should we do in our marriage? I, I just go to the scriptures and I'm like, well, let's just work it out together. So we start talking that night. Look, we study all night. And it went from laughter to tears to arguments between themselves. And yep. at daylight, they conclude that neither one of them have put their faith and trust in Jesus at all. We ended up going down below, and they had a hot tub that was not functional because it was below freezing outside. And we baptized that couple into, into Jesus, which they became some of our, our best friends. Of course, we're so during session two, the next day, we all go and go to sleep. It was a marriage retreat. I only got the first night and that happened. But I look back on that as like, this is what we should be doing here. I mean, we right. had a situation. They didn't last one session and it, it just promoted chaos which turned into something beautiful in, in Christ. So I, I, well, I couldn't help but share that. It was, it was awesome. That, that almost happens every year. It's not that exactly, but I mean, <clears throat> where a couple will come, because, you know, we used to have 60 couples yeah. at this <laughs> tree. They come from now, of course, because of our family and people know us, they come from all over the country, not necessarily members at our church. I mean, usually half the group that's there doesn't go to Whitesville Road. They're from some other place. And so I've seen it all doing this for 20 years. And it's really interesting. You're right. I mean, it's about helping other people. So so part of that is telling your story. We do a lot of testimonies there, you know, because we want people to know, look, we're, it's not perfect. Like we we struggle. I mean, that's what we do. But right. in Christ, all things are made right, you know, which what's, is the whole concept. The what's idea. amazing is that conversation started off with, she doesn't do this. Well, he doesn't do this. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then seven hours later, you see a guy broken, tears running down his face. And he's like, I've never surrendered to Jesus. It, right. it, it's like it went from the little short arguments over mess that doesn't matter. Because they're, they're bringing up these accusations and looking at us. And we're like... That's it. That that's what this you gave what this it, you is gave, all about. Uh, Jace, you gave Where an you exact at? description of what has to happen before couples become power couples. The word what what this Paul is talking about uh the Jews they were zealous for God but their zeal is not based on knowledge. He Where starts with that. I'm in Romans 10. But he gets down to the bottom he said, "Well, what does it say what we're what we're preaching?" The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. And then it gets down to this, which it took all night session with you and that couple, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with yeah. your mouth that you confess and are saved. Everyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And he goes and he's just saying until there's a heart change about you, husband, you, wife, and you, God, that we are to bow down to. When that moment hits a couple or an individual, yeah. then and only then, Al, when there's a change of heart, do you start seeing the progressive and they begin to progress then from that moment on? But there has to be a heart chain somewhere yeah. at the beginning or it'll, it'll fall apart. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> let's take one last break. So I used as my last math uh, analogy something I learned in geometry, <clears throat> which I learned very little, but it was a triangle. And so I made the point, I had a triangle up on the stage, is if you have God at the center and top mm -hmm. of your relationship, which is the concept I believe that Solomon was talking about in Ecclesiastes, and you two are on the corners of that triangle, as you both individually move towards the Almighty, you're also moving closer together, you know, as you mm -hmm. move up that scale. So that's that's Romans 10. That's where I that's just right. quoted from. And I think it's also right. Ephesians 5 when he gave the roles in marriage, but then he gets to the end and he says, but I'm talking about you being married to Jesus, which is 
you know, I love Jesus more than I'll ever love my wife. And she is the same exact way. Well, there's something about coming together with that in common that tends to make you unselfish and protective uh, of the other party. So with your triangle, I'll continue on with that because that's a good point. Move as obviously you're going to spend your whole life. You're never going to get there, but you're going to spend your whole life on that journey. Mm-hmm. And when you're sometimes you're at different places, and that's why the, this, the idea of syncing up in faith is making sure that the Almighty is number one. What's interesting, Jace, you didn't know this. So the rest of the story that you didn't get to see because the thing froze up is there was a couple that was there that day that were they listened to the podcast. They're from Pennsylvania, and they drove down that day. This is on the Valentine's Day. Well, that's when the big deep freeze was starting. So, Dad, you guys didn't meet. So he he was going to go to university for you to baptize him. Well, you guys weren't meeting that day because the because the freeze. But we, we met that day. We we're going to do live stream, and so he's there with his wife. And I talked to him before somebody brought him to me. He, he wanted to be baptized. I said, "Yes, yeah, great." So I told him how to do it. Come down at the end of the thing. He did. I took him back there. We get in the water. I baptized him into Christ. And it was interesting when he came out. We had prayer for him and. He looked at her and he said, I'm in the triangle now. And it was really interesting. <laughs> That's a good line. I was perfect. I, yeah. I, mean, I loved it. Like That was the perfect ending to what we were trying to accomplish. And so basically, I'll, I'll give you the last little bit of it. Jace mentioned uh, Priscilla and Aquila. So in Acts 18, because I wanted to sink it into what we've been studying in the book of Acts. So I kind of fast forwarded over to this couple. Because like Jay said, we already saw a, a fake power couple in Acts 5. Which would be the Bermuda. They were in the Bermuda Triangle. There you go. I like that. So So you got the worldly is the Bermuda, and you got the God Triangle, which is Priscilla and Aquila. Wrong thing. The top of of so many triangles for couples are fame or money Mm -hmm. or status or whatever. And if that's what you're working towards and that's all there is is shallow, of course it's not going to last. I mean, you know, because things happen and you lose that. So this couple, what struck me about them was, is they were very kind of behind the scenes is what it seems like. In, in, in Acts 18, verse 18, Paul is in Corinth, and then he leaves to go to Syria. And he takes his couple with him, Priscilla and Aquila. And what's interesting about him is we know they're from Corinth, so they come from that church that had a lot of issues. But obviously, Paul thought a lot of them if he's bringing them along on his journey. And then it says in verse 24, a Jew named Apollos a native of Alexandria came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. We've talked about him before. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. He spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew of the baptism of John. So, I mean, he's a very talented person. And, and Jace, you mentioned this before. I mean, there's five descriptions of him there that's pretty amazing. Yeah. But he doesn't quite have it all down. He doesn't understand because he didn't understand about the baptism of Jesus. So verse 26 says, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. So Priscilla and Aquila hear him, and they invite him to their home and explain the way of God more adequately. And I love the way they did. They didn't confront him. They didn't, because they realized when he's speaking, he doesn't have the end of the story. He, he doesn't mm-hmm. understand yet about the baptism of Jesus. And so he's got all this great stuff going on, these talents and abilities. So they just kind of take him aside, and they taught him the way more adequately. And I think of that as what we do on this podcast. And we're just trying to talk about the scriptures so that people can get that and go. But that really, this guy wound up being a big deal. And I can guarantee you probably nobody in his circle ever knew the impact Priscilla and Aquila had on him. And yet that's what a power couple does. They take Mm -hmm. a talented guy in, in Christ and they told him a little bit more. And then all of a sudden this guy takes off like a rocket ship. So that was kind of my you know, hammering the last point home that we, we really can't achieve what we need to achieve unless we're both going in the same direction in terms of a yeah. marriage relationship. Well, I don't think there's any more active illustration in the world if, you know, than what Priscilla and, and Aquila compared to Ananias and Sapphira. If you just yeah. had those two posters of this, these couples, which by the way, Priscilla and Aquila made no power couples on anything I saw, even they from the, the religious world. I would have thought I would have found one post <laughs> somewhere. I thought, no, nope, they, they just 
got the snide. But if you want to ask yourself for all of us in marriage land, which couple does your marriage represent? I think that's a really good question. It's a really good accountability thing. Am I being led around by public perception and fighting over created things? Or are we trying to have people in our house and using our home as a way to not only teach and admonish, but to focus people, you know, on Jesus and what God wants us to do. Explaining to, to anyone the way of God more adequately. Yeah. And, and remember, I just want to say at the end of this to, to our audience, because you don't have to be married to accomplish great things in Christ. I mean, the, the key thing, if you can be single. I mean, Paul said he was gifted exactly. by being single. Because he could just totally zero in on God. So I don't, I don't want people to misunderstand if you have the gift of celibacy and you 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 want to be able to just serve God and be single, the the two greatest uh, influences in the in the Gospels in the New Testament were, were Jesus and Paul, and neither one of them was married. That's, All right. that's so, good. That's how, good news. However, for old, for old Dan, old Dan the eunuch, the, however, works for us. If you're looking for someone, a mate, yes, I'm saying they should. Single people should consider what we've presented here. If I you want to be a power couple. This is the avenue you need to go down. That's exactly right. Find somebody who loves Jesus more than you. I get a lot of emails from our audience. A lot of times it'll be from a wife that says, you guys have totally changed my husband's outlook and his life. And now we're doing so much better as a couple. And so when I read stuff like that, it's very, you know, because that's what we're trying to do. We want want to get everybody on the same page spiritually. So that was kind of the point. Good job, Al. It was awesome. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.